Welcome to season seven of the Making a Marketer podcast with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Gretemann Group and Xstand. This show is for all levels of experience, talking marketing, business, and branding with the brightest of minds as our guests. Lots of learning and laughing. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 143 of the Making a Marketer podcast. I'm Megan Powers. Today, I'm 49ers Powers. Get it? If you are watching on the live or watching the replay, you'll get what my name placard. We're recording this one live today. It's 49ers Powers. We'll talk more about that in a second. We have a wonderful guest I'm going to introduce in just a second. But first, my co-host, Jen Cole. Hey, Jen. Well, hello there. How are you this week? Nervous, anxious, excited, like all the things. I'm ready to just play the game and stop talking about it already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm right with you there. Everyone's like, what are you making? What are you making? I'm like, can you not? <laughs> I got these cool, like, red, like, heart sunglass things for everyone to wear and these little Taylor and Travis signs for, like, a photo booth type thing. Oh, my God. It's going to be fun, but I can't focus on the food right now. <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know, (laughs) there's a big game next weekend and uh, my team is playing Jen's team. So um, yeah, again, for the second time in four years. And on Friday, we're going to do a live this week, a little rematch trash talk compared to social media. We don't have Taylor Swift behind our uh, any surge in, in social media followers, but I think we're still doing okay. But yeah, I think we're good. I think we're great. Let's talk about our show for today. Our amazing guest, if you've been listening for a while, you may remember her, the wonderful, awesome Jessica Phillips. Welcome, Jessica. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. I don't even want to talk about my team. I'm just happy for you ladies, okay? Because the Bengals, it was a rough year. It was hard to watch. It was very hard to watch. Yeah. I mean, you beat us. That helps. Well, I didn't want to bring that back up, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a little We had a rough run of losing three games in a row, but then we had a pretty good comeback. All right. So Jessica was one of our guests on episode two mm-hmm. of this show. And Ew. so here we are, 141 episodes later. But we talked about building community, and that one was with Brian Fanzo. And then episode 34, relationship marketing, which is, I think, basically what we're talking about today, but it's been so long, and this is kind of a like a derivative of that, I guess. So I hope that if anybody picks up on the live, please go ahead and ask us any questions that you have, but we will get started. I am praying this bio still does you justice because I edited it from the last time you were on. All right. Jessica Phillips lives in Lima, Ohio, and is founder and president of Now Marketing Group, Advocates of Relationship Marketing. Jessica's mission is to help people love more, give more, and do more through relationship marketing. She's a fantastic speaker. And after getting some coaching herself, she's now offering to coach other entrepreneurs. I wonder if that's still a thing. (laughs) She's also the host of Social Media Week Lima, one of the Midwest's largest social media conferences happening this year, June 19th and 20th. Obviously, there's an incredible speaker lineup and you'll want to check that out. We'll include a link to that. It's kind of early days from 
before you're doing it. But I wanted to mention that Jen and I have both been. It's a great conference. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited for it this year. You know, we try to go bigger and better each year. But I'm just, yeah, every year, June is like my favorite time in Ohio because of everybody coming in from all over and we get to experience the Midwest and, and how we roll. So, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I, as a meeting professional, I belong to Meeting Professionals International and I get our magazines and one of them I get is Small Meetings Magazine and almost like three out of four pictures of Lima are from her conference. I took a picture <laughs> that Tony was on one recently and I, oh, yeah. I messaged him and he totally thought it was somebody else who was messaging him and he goes, oh, it's my friend Jessica's conference. I'm like, you're friend. You're <laughs> 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 He's got dibs or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, he felt so silly when I pointed out who I was. He's like, oh my gosh, that was another Megan or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, now let's kick it off. Okay. So you've worked for years on this concept of care, C-A-R-E, uh, capture attention, articulate your message, renew your relationship, and enhance their experience. What initially inspired you to do this and what does it mean to you and your clients and your community? Yeah, so I decided to break it down to an acronym just to help explain relationship marketing. Because when you start saying relationship marketing, people are like, what? what? What's that? Like, and how does that relate to social media marketing and inbound marketing? And I wanted to take the marketing out of it and just say, okay, we basically help you out care your competition because we're trying to get you to grow your word of mouth business, which is always the best business that you can grow to world of mouth of business through truly just thinking about how can we care more for our customers, our team members, our community, even, you know, the fans that are on your page. Like, how do you bring them from followers to true fans? And by breaking it down to an acronym that I could walk them through the process easily and something that's going to stick in their mind to remember in a way that they can say, oh, I know how I can go back and do this again and again and remember, oh, am I truly caring more when I'm putting this initiative into play? So no matter what kind of marketing that they're doing or what kind of initiative that they're doing, we try to say like starting from the inside out, like that's how you care for somebody, right? It's not always just about you, but at the end of the day, that's going to draw people to you like a magnet and get them to stick with you more than just blasting your message out online. Yeah. I love that. It's a fun thing to dive into. And unfortunately, we still don't see a whole like a multitude of brands doing it. Like it's still like, you know, like you said, the magnet versus the mega horn. I, I still see a lot of mega horn brands and it's, you know, it's, it's loud and it's getting louder, I feel like. And so to really come back and talk about this approach to digital marketing, to marketing, marketing, to even just relationships in general is going to be very refreshing, I'm sure, in this conversation and, of course, to our listeners when they hear this later. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, I was going to say, like... We're probably seeing the brands that are being loud getting louder because of like a desperation attempt, right? Because yeah. they're like, why isn't anybody talking with me? Maybe if I do more, then I'll get some traction, right? Because the people yeah. that have been building care into their marketing or focusing on relationships first, they're in the inbox. So we're not seeing yeah. as much of their conversations on social. We're actually seeing them post less publicly on social media because they're getting into the inbox, meaning like if you see the broadcast messages, like you're inviting those people that you, those brands that you care about into that inbox. We're, in, we're inviting them into our LinkedIn. We're inviting them into the spaces that we hold and cherish that are like our dark social kind of places because we've built a relationship with them. We trust them. We care about what they're talking about. I get messages on my broadcast channel 
every single morning that I watch religiously, you know, like we, yeah. we were talking about each other's stories and knowing what kind of weather is happening. And Megan's part of the, of San Diego that it's rainy out here because she's posting on her story, but we care enough to go check it out. And it's not publicly and it's only there for 24 hours, whatever, depending yeah. on how long she keeps it. But the people that we care about, we're going to check in on. So the brands that are doing it right, they're already invited in, right? That we already give them permission to do it. And the other ones are still blasting the message out or spending more and more and more on ads to try to reach that audience. And unfortunately, they're probably going to see more of that unless they change the behavior and truly get back to the essence, like I said, of the care approach, which of course we can break down or however you want to take this, but to build that momentum of sustainable long-term growth that they don't have to keep dumping ad dollars into to get attention on their brand. Right. For sure. Or they're just not doing much. Yeah. You know, I feel True. like I'm seeing less and less, I don't know, social media, I feel like is in a weird, really weird place right now. Oh, I did want to ask you, so you'll like this. When I set out to go work for someone else again and not just run my own business, although I'm doing both, I was like trying to, d- to design the job that I wanted. And one of the things I referenced your flywheel, like, and how it shouldn't be just a sales funnel where you jump people in and then they spit out. My reference was though to like marketing and customer experience and sales and even maybe bringing development in there, but like having that it be more of a cyclical thing. So I like that you know, this care framework, you have it in a flywheel. But surrounding those care pieces that Jen listed off, you have another, like, there you have brand team advocates and community, like in another ring around it. So for me, that begs the question, like, you obviously see this, it's a cycle, right? Like, there's no real end to it. So how do you motivate team members to continue working together on the relationship versus just you know, transactional of whatever it is. You're, you have an agency, right? So yeah. you guys are, you're doing the marketing and, and branding mm-hmm. and, and ads for your clients. Like, talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah. So breaking down the care, the first part is capturing attention, like, and captivating hearts. I like to say with that too, because that's what's going to capture attention. But that does start from the inside out. Like you can't market anything if the house that you're building it to draw people into, your house being your brand, your business, whether you're a solopreneur, large company, whatever, is dysfunctional. So like, if you don't care about your team that's even working with you and for you, they're not going to be a representation of care to your clients or audience. Maybe a couple may care a little bit for a while, but that's why we're seeing so many companies have a lot of churn within their companies, especially after the 2020, you know, pandemic where people are like, eh, I don't think I want to do this anymore. It doesn't bring me joy. So to capture attention and captivate hearts, we truly have to start from the inside out. So, and what you're referencing is turning your team members into your evangelist, right? For your brand, but starts with checking in and checking the pulse of how they're doing. Like, right? Like, what do they care about? What kinds of stories are they motivated by? Like, for what purpose are we here and exist as an organization that people would care about? It's not a tagline. It's not a mission statement. It's none of that stuff. Like, what is our like manifesto, our declaration of what we're truly here to do and what are we helping people solve or, you know, reach in their daily life? And if we can get to that first with our team and start from the inside out, then they will be good representation of if we're treating them well, they're going to treat our clients well, right? And then it turns our clients into our biggest advocates for us. And our community that we're working with, so like us, 
co-creating, collaborating right now together, you know, our community into collaborators with you as well. So that's what starts to build that flywheel. I start with even like your followers on your page. Like even if you're just getting started, maybe you don't have a team, maybe you don't even have a client yet. But if you just show up and you're pouring out, you know, the passion of what you love to do and you're adding value and leaving people better off than when you found them, that's going to turn your followers into your biggest fans. Those fans will then eventually some of them turn into your, you know, clients that turn into the advocates. Then you maybe start having a team that your team members are going to turn into your biggest evangelist. Then you're going to be working with community where you're going to collaborate with them. And that starts this momentum effect that is going to continue to grow outward and it's going to have its legs, right? Like now marketing group, our agency, I just see it actually on LinkedIn. We're about to turn 14 on March 4th or March 1st, excuse me, 2024. And we've never had a sales rep because we focus on just serving that client that's in front of us and working with them and letting, you know, doing such a great job that they want to refer us on to somebody else. And that's what we see again and again. We're not worried about going wider. We're worried about like going deeper with the clients we're currently serving and then working with the right customer that come in to us and making sure it's a good fit, that they are going to want to work with us, that they're happy with us, and that they're going to want to refer us on. We don't take in every single client. We don't take in every single person that says that they have skills to do a job either. Right? It's like, right. hey, who's really aligned with who we are as an organization and who we can help? I love that. Well, yeah. And I think that it's so seeing, thinking about it from that perspective of happy clients make happy customers and then all working together unsiloed, I guess is kind of how I worded it when I was trying to refer to it because I feel like it's so it's so important for people to work together versus that everyone just working towards their own individual goal. So that's awesome. Yeah. And like we were just sharing a story on here because Jen's about to get married. And I was sharing a story about like one of my team members that is getting ready to get married too. And he's messaging me this morning like, oh my goodness, my rings for his wedding that's in 30 days or less right now have not arrived do you care if I flex some time, please? Like I'm freaking out. Like, I'm like, yes, please. Of course, go do that thing. Flex your time, do whatever you need to do. I had another team member that's like, oh, I'm really sick today. I can power through. And I'm like, no, take the rest that you need. Because if I would say no to both of those requests, what do you think is going to happen? Well, first of all, I wouldn't. But second of all, like, what do you think is going to happen? Right. If they were, Are they really going to have their head in the game? And the next time that I'm sick, or it, now that I've said yes, the next time like, like I'm sick or something, bad happens, are they going to have my back? Yes. So it's like, it's little things that really the only way you can show up is to truly care and to to be human with each and every person that you come and encounter with and make sure that you're showing up in a way that's going to resonate like, hey, I, I, I get it. I see it. I'm here for you. I care about what you care about. And then I know that you will for me as well. I'll get that back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I know, well, from personal experience, because I I used to work for you, I know that internal team culture is very important to you. And so you kind of brushed this, you've just barely brushed the surface on this when you talk about like, I need to flex or hey, I'm not feeling good. Let's talk about the additional things that uh, the leadership at NOW does to ensure a strong and and thriving ecosystem in the workplace. Because I know you guys do a lot of really cool things. Yeah, so another thing we do is we continue 
constantly learn. Like I feel like we should always continuously, you know, sharpen our skills. So one of the things we do each and every week is everybody gets, you know, time to take a training. So we're supposed to do at least an hour a week, but they get to pick that. Sometimes it's group oriented if it's related to everybody, but that keeps people inspired and encouraged. We also have break time and wellness time. So like right now, you know, we're getting ready to step into a new challenge of rest. We've done like walking challenges, fitness challenges, mental health challenges, you know, those kinds of things that show like, hey, we care about your whole well-being, not just, you know, what you're producing, but like how you're feeling, right, internally. So we do that. We also do, you know, shout outs to each other and a reward system called Bucket List. It's points basically that you get for getting different accolades, like shout outs from your team members where they're like, hey, you helped me on this project and you completely crushed it. I loved your design on this or whatever. They'll give you points for those things. And you also get points for doing different level up challenges. And then you can redeem those points to use for bucket list items. So it could be an experience like home cooking in your house, or you can redeem it for a gift card if you want, or to do any kind of experience that's in your area. That's just a few of the things that we do for the team members, but we try to truly treat everybody like family. Um, so thank you for saying that, Jen. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah, no, I remember I always loved the extra points for Amazon because I am an Amazon freak. Man, that would really help me out. Right <laughs> so you're walking the walk, right? Yeah, I mean, she that's, does. that's at the heart of it. And your customers see that too, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. And like a lot of agencies have, have gone to four day work week and mm-hmm. that's what we do. Too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And not seeing a drop off mm-hmm. at all. In, no increase in actually sales or in what clients the service that the clients are getting or any of that kind of stuff so yeah and we take that. off like christmas to new year's you know uh, the you know christmas eve eve to new year's and things like that people get their birthday off that kind of stuff those, those are really easy things that companies can do but yeah it truly does go into just truly caring for those everyday life situations that happen you know where family comes first and your mental health comes first and how you're feeling comes first and we want to encourage you to level up, not be threatened by it. We want to encourage you to have a side potential gig, not discourage it. You know, we, we want to see you happy, healthy, thriving and what you're doing, because that means then you're going, the clients are going to resonate with that, the right ones and be drawn yeah. to it. Stick with us. Yeah, for sure. So uh, one of the things that you mentioned in, in describing this is ROI. So I would like to know, because I think the biggest challenge of relationship marketing is being able to tie it to a sale or to a specific number. So mm-hmm. what would you say to those who would ask you, how do you track ROI on this kind of marketing? Yeah, I would say, well, starting with the team, see how long your team members are staying with you. One, that's an ROI in itself because people with, you know, account managers, depending on what type of industry you're in, you know, that's definitely costly for a company to train a new person. Um, You know, it scales depending on, again, what industry you're in, but also reduce churn of your clients and then repeat clients. And repeat clients as in, are they buying from you again and again? And are they spending more with you? Because if a client's not growing with you, they're slowly dying (laughs) with you, right? So we like to see them growing and coming back, repeat purchases. So those are all things you can easily measure. You can also measure like, are you getting mentioned more? What's the, you know, survey, you can do surveys internally and see, you know, how your team members are feeling. We won like Inc. Best Places to Work when we started, you know, incorporating even more into 
focusing not just on showing up with with a care approach internally, but doing different rewards. And that was recognized, you know, outwardly too by different awards and survey results that we were getting back. You can do the same thing with your clients. Uh, we do a survey at the end of each experience that we do with them to get their feedback. And the good thing is that they give it to us. Good, bad, and different are th- ways that we can improve. And that shows that they care. If they were going silent and we don't get any responses back, then it's probably a bad sign. But those are all just little ways that you can track ROI outside of just growth year over year. Because it's this relationship marketing is it's not like a one-time campaign. It's right. something that you're going to consistently do and it's going to be part of who you are in order for it to work long-term, to see sustainable long-term growth with it. Right. Well, and ideally... You're also like tagging these people in your CRM, right? Like, and exactly. hopefully some way to trace back, like this was a referral from Bob the Builder referred yeah. us to Tony the Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what I wanted to say. I don't know. I, just just the plumber. <laughs> I was going the plumbing route to go with the building. <laughs> no, but, but with GA4 though, I mean, it's a lot easier now. Like analytics has upscaled since now GA4, which many people still aren't that aware of. But yeah, you bring up a great point. Like having the metrics in place to even track your results is even better, right? So like you need that in place in order to know where your leads are coming from, what they're doing, what their first touch is, their last touch is, you know, and the repeats along the way. Are you getting mentioned online too? Are you seeing, you know, who your biggest advocates are? Do you even know, you know, and are you reaching out to them? Unless you have the tools in place to track that, monitor and keep engaged with it, then you're not going to, you know, properly be able to track your ROI year over year and even month over month. So that's definitely important to have those tools. And that's part of the care approach too. When we get started and we actually work with clients, we go through and say, what tools do you have in place, (laughs) right? Like, where are you? you know, articulating your message? Where are you tracking your relationships for repeat referral business? Like, how are you providing an exceptional experience? And how do you know that it's exceptional unless you're tracking it? So those tools must be in place. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even if somebody was, if even it was a year later that you end up doing business with someone, you want to be able to know that. that Exactly. Because it's not usually the first time. They say like, you know, 90% of all buying decisions start online, but 60% of the cycles over, like when they're looking for somebody before they even talk to a human at your company, all while they're like going on, they're looking, they're comparing you against somebody else. You want to know what that is and what they were looking for, what they were searching, especially now, you know, SEO's changed quite a bit where it's, you know, search engine conversion optimization versus just search engine optimization for content. It's a lot's changed. And unless you're keeping up and working with somebody you trust or, you know, educating yourself, it's going to be harder unless you have those tools in place. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I I think it's one thing that's cool about now and your conference is you start like when I was with you guys, we were seeing like clients were coming to the conference, Mm -hmm. clients were sponsoring the conference. And and now aren't clients even speaking at your conference? Like that's like, that's a whole other thing too. Like they're learning and then they're learning and becoming so confident from what you guys have taught them. Mm -hmm. Then then now they're speaking at it and and being the thought Mm -hmm. leader, which is amazing. It's it's really cool. 
Yeah. And it's worked both ways, right? And that's why we host the conference. I say we don't have a sales rep, but that's still kind of a a way of giving back to our clients each year and saying like, hey, we want you informed. We want you to know what's happening so you can be engaged with the process along the way and that you can feel empowered to say, oh, no, man, I love these Instagram reels or whatever it is. It's their thing. To be yeah. part of it and, you know, and to take a done with you approach versus just us do for you. And that's a lot of fun when they get engaged with the online marketing, for sure. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it way more fun. Hey, let's play together. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> so, okay. So back to like dealing with clients and building that relationship and knowing your audience. Many times the best way to build trust with your audience is to call out their pain points, to empathize with them through your messaging, to carry on a conversation, whether that's face-to-face or if you're if it's on your social channels, your blog, or any other medium in between. So what are some ways that you can get your audience talking about these pain points And then to take it a step further to get people to comment on a social post and turn it into like a full discussion, which is kind of what, you know, when you're talking about social media marketing, that's like the key. That's like what we all want is that extra conversation on our social channels. There's a couple of different ways to do it. Of course, I, like I said, I'm a fan of acronyms. I have the post. What you should post is an acronym. So personalize first, like personalize it to the community that you're talking to. So if I'm writing something to you, Jen, it may sound different than if I'm writing to Megan, or maybe it's, you know, because you're both different kinds of fans of different teams, (laughs) but personalize it first, right? Um, To your audience. So that means that you need to know first, what are their pain points? At least have an idea of visual in your mind of who you're speaking with on the other end of the screen. Open-ended, so give them a chance to respond. Don't just talk at someone just because you're hitting enter to post it, but pretend like you're already opening the conversation when you're writing it. So Jen, you'll probably remember this when you worked with me. <laughs> Every time we'd write content for our clients, I'd say, read it out loud. Yes. Would somebody respond to it? Read it out loud. So you read it out loud before you share it. The S in it is style. So like, are you going on for blocks and blocks and blocks? Or are you breaking it up? Does it have your own style to it? Is it engaging, inviting, maybe stylistic with an image that goes with it, right? And then the T is all about timely. So being timely and, and relevant to what's happening. I think we brought up Taylor Swift or you know, a few times already today. That's very timely, right? Not that you want to start any controversy on your pages or anything like that, but time, but also be aware. Don't be tone deaf to what's happening around you. But time. Yeah in your approach. Maybe it's something around Valentine's Day, which do you love more, this or this or whatever, right? That's still timely to what the season we're in. That's definitely one way to do it. The other way is engaging and already inviting them in um, to the conversation by reaching out to them before you post, reaching out to them being a client, a community member, somebody else that you can feature and whether that's engaging in their content and sharing it and adding your own commentary in or reaching out to them and saying, hey, I would love to get your feedback on this and then do you mind if I share it, right? And share it on our page to get others engaging with it. That's just a couple ways to get that comments on there. And then of course, replying when they do leave a comment. So it encourages them to comment more. Um, Don't just leave them hanging. Yeah, it's called a conversation. (laughs) Yeah, really? Right, the social and social media. I don't know. Yeah, what? (laughs) We laugh, but it's like bananas how it just doesn't always happen. I mean, it just still blows my mind. 
I think part of that's volume for bigger brands, but still it's like, it's so easy to just even just like a comment, but yeah, I'm responding to you. Like, that's why I tried on my birthday. I try to write a personal message back to every person Mm -hmm. who wrote me a personal message for that very same reason. Like they took a minute. I mean, if they just phoned it in, I might just like it. (laughs) It was the auto-generated one by Facebook, right? Yeah. Like if they took the time to actually write something to me, then I'm, they're definitely going to get a response. I mean, it takes a couple of days, especially because these days I can go weeks without being on Facebook now. It's really bad. Uh, that's how I am with X right now. I'm sorry. And I can't even... even Same with Jen. Say X. Oh, bro, I'm not I even on there. I don't, I don't call it that. It's Twitter. It's still Twitter. To me. All I right. I my phone is Twitter and then it brings up a weird page. I'm like, no. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, the, the domain is still Twitter.com. So I guess <laughs> on your wait. phone, that it's the app is not called that, but the domain is still Twitter.com. So. <laughs> All right. Oh, do we have a visitor? We do. Hello, Ms. Garcia. How are you today? All right. Perfect. Well, I got to put her on screen since she's our, our first commenter mm-hmm. today. We don't have appointment programming yet, so we don't always get people on the lives, but we know the magic's in the replay. And for sure, we have, love having you here. We have a final question that we ask every guest this season, and it changes from time to time. And so these days, that question is, what is one business challenge you've experienced in your career and how did you overcome it? Or like, what did you learn from it that may help our listeners. Ooh, just one. Okay. I would say <laughs> the pandemic. No, no, I think everybody could answer that way. I would say one business challenge. I would say bef- when I first got started actually at now, like that was the probably the hardest when you're trying to make money, right? And then so you want to take in clients that may not be your people, but they have money. That's super tempting, let me tell you. But I promise you, it's not worth it. Also, that can be said for anything, trying out a new service, right? And and you're realizing that it's not resonating with the community, pivot, right? Pivot if it's not your people, not your lane, just pivot. So I would say when I first got started, it was just taking on clients because of the paycheck that they were going to provide. But at that time, I really didn't have a great description of my persona. So like the care approach and like what I've learned, even though I've cared all the time since starting now, I didn't have all the the map in place of, okay, here's exactly who I want to do business with and map that out and then have a questionnaire backed first against that persona that I'm trying to reach and make sure that I'm taking inventory and taking time before I just write out a proposal or, you know, send an invoice out the door that I'm taking some time first, pausing, making sure I'm the right fit for them and they're the right fit for me before moving forward. I would say that's uh, one of the biggest things in business I see that can be a big time suck and really a joy suck if you don't have it right. No, for sure. I, I said no to a client early on in my career and somebody who was mentoring me at the time sat back and w- and said, you know, I wish that I had the I had it in me to do that um, um, early on. What did you feel like when you did it too? Yeah. You felt that freedom, oh, yeah. didn't you? <laughs> yeah, especially because I used to work in sales and even if customers were jerks, I still had to, we still, I still had to hit my number. So yeah. I still had to take them on. And you said something else that made me, I wanted to respond to, but I can't think of what it was. So wise, our friend Jessica. Yes, indeed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, like, we like. appreciate you being on and um, we won't make you, pick a team for this Sunday, but who are you rooting for on Sunday? 
Oh, you just said you're not going to make me root. Or oh, me. did I say that? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Megan does this. This one. This one. Uh, <laughs> she's like, both. Yeah. For you listening, what, what game? Should I say what game? What game? This Sunday. <laughs> <All right. laughs> the kids' basketball game. Yeah, <laughs> the gold team. All right. Well, on that, so Jen and I, as I mentioned at the top of the show, oh, that's the other thing I was going to say. We have to speaking of wanting to hear from our clients, our listeners, our friends out there. We yeah. want your feedback, and so please. Please, please fill out our listener survey. We just want to know a little bit more about you and make sure that we're serving you um, the way that we should. So you can get to that from our Twitter. Something's going on with our domain. So I was just about to name it, but right now there's a it, the redirect's not working. So uh, we're at Make a Marketer. Make a, not making, make a marketer on Twitter. And then, or you can reach out to us on threads too. We are making underscore a underscore marketer um, on Instagram and threads now. So Jen's handling the Instagram. I'm handling the threads, doing our best to and do like little mini videos and stuff. So four years ago, Jen and I had a little trash talk slash comparing the social media of the 49ers and the Chiefs. And it was an experiment, but it got lots of listens and yeah. views and it was a lot of fun. And so we thought it's a rematch time. So um, tomorrow I'll be sharing out, but we're going to, we're going to talk same time on Friday and, you know, just kind of talk through all of the, we're going to talk we'll see if Jen has any trash game this time. She, hey, I'm please. at least bringing a friend this time. <laughs> well, but also, I told her she could not use her fiance as to load herself up with things ready to ready to go. Anyway, um, it's going to be fun. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun no matter what. Um, looking forward to that uh, on Friday, Feb- February 9th, three o'clock Pacific, six o'clock Eastern. Thank you, Miss Jessica. We appreciate you being on with us. Thank you, ladies, as always. You guys are the best. Thanks for having me back. Of course. All right, friends, this has been episode 143 of the Making a Marketer podcast, and we will catch you next time.